Well, here we are, Friday, May the 14th, 2021, back for another episode of the Unshakable Podcast. My name is Sam, and I am your podcast host. The Unshakable Podcast is an extension of Unshakable Ministries, where our goal is to educate, equip, encourage, and empower Christ followers to live the life that Christ expects us to live. Ways that you can find us on social media, if you will go over to Facebook and search Unshakable Podcast, you will find us there. On Instagram, our username is unshakable underscore podcast. And on Twitter, our username is unshakable underscore one. And that is the numerical value one. For ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation, if you are listening this morning, welcome to the Unshakable Nation. We are thankful that you are here Other ways, if you will check your show notes right there in your podcast app, you will see links to other ways you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation. Within those links, you will see ways that you can give to the show, not that we expect it, but if you decide that this is something that God wants you to give in support of, then you can check your show notes right there in your podcast app. You will see a link that says support the show. You can click on that. It will take you over to where you can give one time. You can give on a recurring basis. However you feel like God is leading you. We want to continue within that to thank those who are continuing to give in support of the show. You are continuing to help us grow our audience to be able to spread the gospel to more people and to be able to disciple people in the name of Christ. And we are so thankful for that. For feedback, questions, comments, topics, anything you want to throw at me, send that over to sam at unshakableministries.com. I read every single email. It comes directly to me. And I always appreciate the feedback, whether it be, as I said, comments, questions, whatever it is, even if you disagree. We I've said this multiple times here on the show. Even if you disagree with something I say, I enjoy reading those comments as well. I'm not here to debate back and forth. I I would love to get into a conversation with you to maybe help you understand a little bit more of where I am coming from in my perspective and things like that. But just keep in mind that this would be a civil conversation if you decide that that is something you want to send over to me. I would love to have that. Again, that is Sam at unshakableministries.com. But I always want to mention this during every episode, and I do. But the biggest way you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation is through your prayers. We covet your prayers greatly and just ask that you add us to your prayer list, lifting us up, praying that we would be sensitive to what God is doing, that we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that we would join God where He is already at work, impacting the world one life at a time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is our mission. This is our goal, to educate, to equip, to encourage, and to empower Christ followers to live the life that Christ expects us to live. And we do that by going back to Scripture, by going back to Jesus, and filtering everything through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. That is what we do. That is how we do it. So welcome in this morning. As you know, We closed out our series, False Hope, last week. Again, that doesn't mean that the topic will not arise again, but we closed out a series that was committed to looking at some specific teachings within the institutional church and how they have gotten some of those teachings wrong, how they have veered off base, how the train has gotten off the track, so to speak. 
as we close that out, there have been some comments and some questions coming in on that. And again, like I said, I spent, I believe it was maybe seven weeks on the topics, false hope. I would first encourage you to go back and listen to each one of those episodes, maybe to help gather some context of, of what was being said within that series. And once that has happened, then it's a lot easier to have conversations based on false hope, because I don't want anybody to come into the discussion without hearing all of those episodes. I know a lot of times when we have a difference of opinion with someone, we tend to just shut it off and and shut it out and not listen. But it's like I was telling some people with the book that I just finished by Bruxy Cavey, The End of Religion. Many people read the cover and judged the book by its cover and were unwilling to pick it up and even read it because it was talking about the end of religion. But what they don't understand is the words that Bruxy actually wrote between those covers. And until you read those words and understand those words, then it's hard for us to have a conversation based on the book. Now, if you want to have a conversation based on the cover, well, we can do that. But you know what the old saying is, never judge a book by its cover. So that's what I would encourage you to do with the series False Hope is to go back and listen to everything that I said. And then it's much easier for me to have a conversation about our differences of opinion on things because now I know that you've listened to every word and you understand the heart behind the series. So I just encourage you to go back and and do that. So as we dive in this morning, I was kind of back and forth on what to really talk about this week. And as I picked up the book of Acts, and I've been been reading back through the book of Acts this week, and as I picked that up, it was very clear to me what we really needed to talk about this morning. And as we dig into this this morning, again, I, I just, everything that we talk about here is a challenge. And, and that's what I want this to be. I want this to be a challenge. And, and I hope that in the coming days, as you take these things as a challenge, that we can have some conversations, that we can begin to talk about these things. Because I believe it's when we start talking about these things that we really start gathering a true understanding of these things. So as we dig in this morning, you know, one thing you've heard my, if you go back and you listen, you you may or may not have listened to this one, but if you go back and you listen, there's one that I put out that is called The Gospel Revealed. And this was an old message that I presented at a church several years ago uh, that was recorded. And I posted that out here on the podcast to be heard. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to this because this is a second part of that. And this is called The Power of the Gospel. So I went from the gospel revealed to the power of the gospel. And what I want to talk about this morning is really digging in there to understand the power of the gospel. So the gospel, as we understand it, is the foundation on which we stand in the life we now live. So as a Christ follower, when we call ourselves Christians, the gospel is the foundation on which we stand in the life we now live. Galatians 2.20, For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is our foundation. It is allowing Christ to live through us. So I have a story. 
And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about each statement that I make here. And imagine this. Somewhere in the world, there's a five-year-old begging to stay with his father as the parents split up. There's a nine-year-old boy writing his father letters because he doesn't understand what he has done wrong, why his father doesn't come around, but the father doesn't respond to the letters. There's a nine-year-old boy at church giving his life to Christ. There's a 14-year-old boy coping with sexual abuse. There's a 15-year-old boy keeping the nursery at church, praying for God's direction in his life when he dreams of one day preaching God's word. There's a 15-year-old boy running from God, so he starts doing things that he shouldn't do to hide himself from God, or so he thinks. There's a 15-year-old boy struggling to find himself, so he gets involved with gangs and following the wrong crowd and doing things that he shouldn't be doing. There's a 17-year-old boy spending his nights inebriated, trying to mask the pain of the things he has gone through. Now, did you know that 85% of believers say they convert between ages 4 and 14? And did you also know of kids ages 5 to 13, you have a 32% chance of leading them to the Lord? That's one in three kids that will respond to the gospel within that age range. Now, I would ask, are those good or bad odds? But listen to this. Once a child reaches the age of 14, your odds drop by 28% until they reach 18. So now you only have a 4% chance. Then once they reach 18, you gain a 2% increase, giving you a 6% chance to reach them with the gospel. Now to me, these are staggering odds. And I bring this up because today we're going to talk about the power of the gospel. So let's start with a couple of questions, and I want you to really think your answers through. Do you believe God is who he says he is? Do you believe in the power of God? Are you prepared to see the power of God? In order for the church as a body to see the true power of God and be effective, we have to fully understand the gospel. For a body to be fully effective, each member must be healthy and working where it should be. Now, as we read through this, I want you to hear what Paul is saying. 1 Corinthians 12, 12-27, unity and diversity in the body. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we are all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. 
If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, do you hear what Paul is saying right here? What Paul is saying in these verses right here is we have to find our place in the body where God has designed us to be. We can't be a different part of the body. God has designed each one of us to be in the body where he has placed us. I'll read that again in verse 18. It says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So we have to find our place in the body. We have to be where God desires for us to be. We have to get the body in motion and of one mind. Acts 2.44, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. All the believers were together and had all things in common. Philippians 2.2, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, and being one in spirit and purpose. 1 Peter 3.8, finally, all of you be like-minded. We are not here to do church our way. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own interest, but also the interest of others. What is Paul saying right here? It's not about you. It's not about where you want to be in the body of Christ. It's not a matter of what you want to do in the body of Christ. It's a matter of where God has placed you with your gifts, your talents, and your strengths. God has given you this stuff. We see that in Ephesians 2.10 where it says, You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand for us to do. God is the one who places us where we belong in the body. We don't get to be envious or jealous of where someone else is. I mean, I would love to have a fantastic singing voice. I would love to be able to worship in song. But that's not where my gift is. That's why I enjoy sitting back and letting someone who is gifted in that area being able to do that. I love that. God has gifted me in a different area. And I have to be obedient to where God has placed me in the body. So now that we have swallowed the appetizer, let's jump into the main course. So here's a question. Who do you say the Son of Man is? Who do you say Jesus is? This is a challenge. This is a question of challenge. Your answer to this question alone is your driving force. It's what produces your actions. What you really believe is what drives your choices. We've learned that in Scripture. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or out of the abundance of the heart, the body acts. So what you truly believe drives your actions and your words. Now here's Peter's confession in Matthew 16, 13 through 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, 
You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now look how Jesus responds to his confession in Matthew 16, 17 through 19. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Did you catch that? The gospel is the rock on which the church is built. And the fantastic news about that is the gates of hell cannot stand against the gospel because the gospel is the power of God. We see that in 1 Corinthians 1.18 where it says the gospel is the power of God to those who are being saved. And Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He has passed authority to the church. Whatever you bind will be bound, and whatever you loose will be loosed. Do we understand the gravity of the authority that Christ has given us here while in this world? Matthew 10, 5-8 These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Did Jesus just tell the disciples to heal the sick and raise the dead while driving out demons? Look what he says. Freely you have received, now freely give. But it was a command for them to do it. It was a command for them to heal the sick, raise the dead, and drive out demons. So question, why would Jesus command you to do something he hasn't already given you the power to do? Of course, you may say, Sam, he was talking to the disciples. Okay, fine. By granting us the authority, he has also given us the power to operate on his behalf. John 14, 12, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I mean, he tells us you will tell this mountain to move and it will move. Jesus has given us this power, this authority to do these things. As I just said, he's, he's not just talking to the disciples. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. He's, he's specifically speaking to us as well, as believers. Have we missed the power that God has given us through Christ? Now, this is where the church comes to life when you life when you look at John 16, 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now this is where Acts comes into play. And I love this because in Acts we see the help arise. We already have the keys, now we're getting the address, right? Christ has given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now we're getting the address. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. 
The Holy Spirit is the power. It is the Spirit who brings the power and enables us. Acts 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. He has no regard for worldly restraints. The Holy Spirit. He made the lame walk. He made the blind see. He even worked through Peter's shadow. He made the apostles speak in languages they didn't even know. So what is the problem? Why aren't we seeing this power in the body of Christ? Why aren't we seeing many great signs and wonders doing through the being done through the disciples of Christ? The problem is us. We have to believe the Spirit can and will do great and mighty works for the glory of God through us and with us. When we get that, the church will explode. Did God need Moses, Jeremiah, Joseph, or Samson? No, he chose them and he chose to do great things through them. He freed the Israelites by using Moses to part the Red Sea. He used Jeremiah to spread warnings to the kings and nations. Samson brought judgments to the Philistines. Philistines, however you want to pronounce that. We are not waiting on God to show us his power. He is waiting on us to use it for his glory. Read through the book of Acts. You begin to see how the Holy Spirit actually works when we are open and receptive to the power of the Holy Spirit. When we are open and receptive to seeing things that we've never seen before for the glory of God. When we come together, when you read the book of Acts, the one thing you will see that becomes prominent is that the the believers were all together and had all things in common. They are of one mind, of one accord. They were waiting on God to show up and to show off. And because of that, God was using them in great and mighty ways. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us, the power at work. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 41. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Listen to this. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. When we allow the Holy Spirit to do the talking, it is evident that God will change lives in a powerful way. We need to stop with our pointless words with our pointless debates here we see that peter got up 
and he was simply spreading the news of Jesus Christ. Look what the Holy Spirit did through those words. They were cut to the heart. When we allow the Spirit to do the talking, we begin to see the power of the gospel shine through. Remember, Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. It is about Jesus Christ and lifting him up. Then what? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to bring it back up. Like I said, I've been reading through the book of Acts again. Acts 2, 42-47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We have to come under the teaching, authority, and discipleship of those God places over us. Ultimately, going back to Christ as our center. Christ is our authority. In these verses, it was the apostles who were called to be in, in those leadership positions over the people. For, for us, who is that? Who is that person or those people? Again, making sure that we are testing that they are Christ-centered in their teachings. This is something as a body we devote ourselves to and become one mind in Christ. Our guiding principles should be in Christ allowing the scriptures to lead us back to him. Not what we think are our opinions, but always keeping Christ central in our hearts and lives. Now listen, in the beginning, I gave you some words there, somewhere in the world. But now I want you to hear this. Somewhere in the world, there's a 45-year-old man recording a podcast talking about the power of the gospel because it is the power of the gospel that freed that little boy from all the bondage the enemy tried to hold him in. Now listen, I am that little boy that I mentioned in the very beginning of this episode because of the power of the gospel. I didn't become a statistic that says, by all counts, I should be dead, in prison, hooked on drugs, or an alcoholic. Because of the power of gospel, I have been set free. It is because of the Holy Spirit in my life that I can be who I am today, that I can loose the power of the gospel in someone else's life. So when you finally get it, the power of the gospel will shake you. The power will move you. The power will overcome you where you can't contain it. The Spirit will come on you like a mighty rushing wind. You will do things you didn't know you could do. You will speak in a way you didn't think was possible. Because with God, 
all things are possible. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And you will have boldness that you never had before. You want to see the church busting at the seams? Then grab the power of the gospel because we are about to go for a ride when we will come of one mind and of one accord and allow the Holy Spirit to use us and work through us. You see, I was that little boy. But God, enough said, but God stepped in. God had other plans. Yes, I ran from my ministry. I got the call at 15 years old, and it scared me because I wasn't a public speaker. I wasn't someone who would stand in front of a group of people, especially to share the gospel. But God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you that the gospel message was always your plan. We thank you for the power that it produces to break the, the bondage in our lives from, of the enemy. That through the power of the gospel, we are set free. And through the power of the gospel, others can be set free. Father, I pray for us as a fellowship, as a body of believers, that we would unite together in Christ. We would set aside all other stuff that doesn't matter. That we would focus in on what does matter. That is Jesus. That is your story through Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach us. Open our hearts, our minds, our eyes. Open our ears to hear. Let us lift Jesus up. Let him be the magnet that draws all men unto himself. We are but humble vessels. We submit ourselves before you, God, that you would use us in whatever way you choose, according to what you have gifted us in. Father, let us be placed where you placed us in the body. Let us not be envious or jealous of others. But Father, let us stand in right where you have placed us and be joyful in that. And when the body comes together and unites according to the way that you have assembled us, the power will be unstoppable. The church will be unshakable. And we will give you the glory, you the honor, and you the praise in Christ's name. Hey guys, as always, I love you. And until next time, remain unshakable.